Well, welcome to the Convene Podcast, Lindsay Snyder Ellingson and her husband, Sean. Thanks for joining us uh, from your offices north of Los Angeles. <laughs> Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you very for having much. Us. In and out, a billion plus dollars in revenue, 360 locations, six states, 29,000 employees, and you're the sixth president. But some people, I don't know how, but some people don't know the in and out story. So for those people who might live in uh, a state you're not in, tell us a little bit about In-N-Out. Um, well, it was started in 1948 by my grand grandparents, and uh, it was a teeny tiny little stand. Uh, it was actually California's first drive-through. Uh, and when I say teeny tiny, I mean very small compared to the In-N-Outs you'll see today or other uh, restaurants or fast food. <laughs> um, you only fit about three or four people in this. Yeah, <laughs> it was really, really small. Okay. Um, and so the first day, they uh, only sold 57 burgers. And <laughs> um, my grandmother was basically doing the, the books and uh, their house was across the street. So, you know, they were training people. And when it was slow, <clears throat> they'd go home. If he saw cars pulling up, he'd run across and start helping. And so... You know, he was a very hard worker, very meticulous about the quality. That was something that started in the beginning uh, with in and out is just the uh, finding the freshest, highest quality products. And so we serve burgers, fries and drinks. That's it. <laughs> so it was keeping it simple and really, um, you know, just not compromising. And so something about in and out is that from the beginning to now, you know, we we continue with those things that my grandparents started. Um, now, I don't do the books, <laughs> but um, I don't live across the street from one store. We have over we have over three hundred and seventy stores, and you know, it's it's just like crazy sometimes when I think about it. Just thinking of what my grandparents must have thought having you know a, a few stores, and then where we are now. Um, but for those of you that don't know, it's still family owned and um, and we've really tried to stay true to all of the things that my grandparents would have wanted that we've had since the beginning. So, you know, times have changed, um, but our menu has stayed uh, the same. We do have some secret menu items that people like to talk about, but that's just stuff that was created by the customers ordering it. Um, but yeah, we, we don't use freezers. There's no reheating anything. Um, so, you know, you've got the freshness part. Uh, you've got the quality. We really put a lot of attention and detail into training uh, our associates. And that's our in and out family. Um, so it's it's very different from a lot of other places because we just, you know, I lost a lot of my family. Um, everyone on my father's side, I, you know, my, I lost my dad. I lost my uncle. Um, my grandpa died before I was born. My grandmother died, um, when I was in my twenties pregnant with my, my first kids. And, um, so I lost them, but I gained this in and out family that I'm, you know, trying to take care of. And, you know, we've, we've got our work cut out for us, but, um, I think that's, a little bit of an intro <laughs> tried to wrap it up quickly uh, no that's good that's good so 
Uh, a friend of mine, Peter Greer, uh, just a brilliant writer, author, uh, leads an organization called Hope International. But he wrote a book called Mission Drift. And we've all sort of talked about this, but Peter really encapsulated it well in his book where he talked about uh, many organizations uh, that have drifted from their original mission. And maybe just talk about how did in and out not drift from its mission? Because it hasn't. Um, so my grandfather died um, in 76 and my uncle um, became the president. And you know, he was only 24, but he, him and my father were completely raised, immersed in the business. You know, they lived across the street. They, they were, uh, I would say more forced to probably work there, <laughs> but, uh, they, they grew up in it. And so it was, it was in their heart, you know, they knew what their father wanted. So, you know, it was passed to my uncle. My uncle tragically died in a plane crash in 93. And that's when my father uh, moved us uh, back down here because I lived in Northern California. My dad chose chose family over uh, all the the business stuff, and his you know him and his brother fought a little bit. So I think uh, it wasn't just choosing you know his wife and and daughter. It was like I'd rather go with them than fight with my brother and try to run this business. So there you go. Well, that's the first time in history there's been uh, issues with family business. Oh my gosh. Yeah, right. So, so we were up north. And when my uncle died, um, you know, it was devastating. My dad and him didn't weren't on the best terms. They'd been fighting. There was a lot that had gone on. Um, so really tough. But anyway, we moved down south. And then my father was um, the president taking over. And so it, it was think everyone was really trying to they were trying to honor their dad even though their childhood wasn't perfect and wasn't wrapped with a big bow um they loved him and they knew what him and their mom started um my grandmother was still alive she sweetest cutest little lady <laughs> um loved everyone um so you know they felt i think they felt great responsibility to honor that. And, um, you know, and that's the same thing I feel. So, you know, I lost them tragically. I lost my dad when I was 17. Um, he struggled with addiction off and on through his life. Um, he'd had a lot of surgeries and got hooked on painkillers. And so that was really tough, but at 17 for me, you know, um, Stepping into everything, getting involved, um, having trustees, watching, you know, I, it's just the only way I could explain it is that it was a God given, um, like protective responsibility. Um, I felt like I just knew I just had it in me to protect what, um, they had started and, you know, they're not here. So, you know, it's kind of like, it's, it's heavier in that way because they're not here. Um, I feel it that much more to 
to honor them in the way that we, you know, steward the mm-hmm. the business, the decisions. Mm-hmm. You know, I go through this little checklist, like what would they, what would they want? What would they do? Um, and that helps me. So. Mm-hmm. Well, here's a thought that I had, you know, there's certain things that we would inherit from a family or from a non-family for that matter. We, we inherited this thing and not everything is protectable or valuable. What is it about in and out the mission, the vision, the values from your history of your family that is it's worth guarding? Yeah, well, there's a whole lot. Um, but you know, the things that, um, you know, some of the things I mentioned was just that there's not going to be compromise with the freshness and the quality, you know, it'd be a lot easier to compromise some of those things. Uh, but we're just not going to, you know, in and out will take the, the tougher road and take the hit and food costs and, and all of that to continue to give our customers the best. And mm-hmm. I think that, you know, the store and the, the pride that the, each manager takes in their store, you know, we teach them to be like owners. We want them to feel empowered to look at their store as theirs and run that store like it's theirs. And that's, that's a lot of how my grandparents um, empowered people in the beginning. So protecting mm-hmm. all of those things, it's, it's really, it's a lot. It's, it's the freshness, the quality, the management style of empowering leaders to be, to be owners, you know, of their stores and they're not owners, but to think like an owner. Right. So um, and then my uncle really brought a lot of the training in, and I think the training is what has kept all of those things intact because, um, you know, we had this little motto training is our future. And so if we didn't have that much intentionality and training, and, um, I don't, I don't think that we would have been able to protect all of those things that my grandparents, um, yeah. you know, instilled in the beginning. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a lot of things. If I walked into an in and out which I do many times, your team members are accommodating, they're friendly, they they care about you as a a customer standing there. They care about many things at the restaurant. Uh, They they clean things up quickly, et cetera, et cetera. That's, yes, great training. And so we won't talk about the great training. That's a whole gigantic piece. But as you train and interact and work with team members, how do you reflect God's love for them? Um, well, I feel like I have just a whole lot of love for them. Like, I feel like it makes me feel so loved by the things that I've been through all. And I feel so loved by him because of so many mistakes that I made, you know, I made so many and his grace has covered those and redeemed my life and and made me feel whole and special to him still so because of all of his grace that love I just feel so much for them and I just want them to know um, that they are cared for that they are loved that they have a purpose and um you know so I we have we have BTV burger television so each period we go over 
different training things, updates in the company. We show some stuff of events we've had, um, lots of different areas we can focus on. Um, but I always have a message in there and I try to take that, that little bit of time and connect with them. And sometimes we talk about, um, more challenging things and, uh, or their personal life. If they're struggling, like you can ask someone at work, you know, you can talk to them. We have an open door policy. Like we have, we have a lot of, um, places they can go. We want them to feel like they can talk, like this is their family. This is a safe place to come to. So, um, you know, I think one, one way people really feel understood, I mean, feel loved is by feeling understood. And so, you know, trying to provide that, um, there and encourage them in days where, you know, it's really tough. People need, they need some TLC. Um, yeah, we really want, you know, I, we've taught on servant leadership with our managers. Um, you know, there's a lot of biblical principles we try to teach so that we can reach people and that they can feel God's love. Um, yeah. We just watched a video in a convened training session, right? So for those who maybe didn't know about in and out we explained that a quick on convene. Uh, we're a peer-to-peer mentoring group where we learn together one day a month plus some coaching. And there's hundreds of executives that are involved in Convene from coast to coast. But we just watched a video in a training session, which I, I wasn't going to talk about, but it's it's pretty fascinating. To make a very long story short, there was a girl in the video. This was a Casting Crowns uh, music video. The girl had kind of a uh, illicit tryst, if you will, the night before in a bar. And she came to work the next day and everybody ignored her and people gave her a cheap tip and a tract. And then at church, everybody looked askance at her. And the question was around, uh, isn't it too bad that the church looked poorly upon her for her one night stand? My belief <laughs> is that it's not just what happened in under the steeple of the church. It's what happened Monday to Friday. And if I might say at In-N-Out Burger or at any other place in the world where people are working, if someone came to work and they were looking like they had a bad day the day before, a bad night the night before, isn't it the In-N-Out Burger leadership's responsibility to care for them like Jesus would? Thoughts on that? Absolutely. Um, you know, we have... <clears throat> We have hundreds of managers, so they all have different styles. Um, you know, they're all different, they're unique, um, but we teach care everywhere. Um, we teach taking genuine interest in the associate, associates' lives and just taking the time to have conversations. So they all know that if they see that, they should take them aside and talk to them. And um, and there have there have been. countless stories, you know, of people's lives being changed from those conversations or, um, you know, just them being able to be like a mentor, um, and someone that they can go to, um, makes me so happy just to know that there's people hurting out there and that we have people that are able to be there and they're not all Christians, but they still care. And they're still, um, providing that talk and that, I mean, it is, it's a form of love. It just is. And I think that, um, it's, it is great. It's great to know that. 
Sweet. In the early days of Convene, I, I keep threatening to bring this tagline back. We were called BBL Forum, Beyond the Bottom Line, turning the Sunday stuff into Monday stuff. And really, that's what you're doing at in and out Burger. You're taking what is biblical value set, maybe we could say what we heard in church, but I'd say what, what God says in the Bible, and you're taking it from the Bible page into the Monday through, well, Monday through Sunday at, at in and out Burger, right? That's great. Um, I want to do a quick quote from Dorothy Sayers, uh, a British philosopher, author, just a brilliant uh, woman. And she said, in nothing has the church so lost her hold on reality as her failure to understand secular vocation. Uh, and, and really, that's all the executives we're talking to in the country right now who are running manufacturing business, software business, private equity business, whatever the case. The church's approach to an intelligent carpenter is usually confined to exhorting him not to be drunk on Sunday and to come to church on Sunday. But what the church should be telling him is that the very first demand that faith makes on him is that he should make great tables. And it goes on to say that Jesus, the carpenter, probably didn't make a bad table. So that somebody bought something from Jesus and the drawers didn't fit and the legs were wobbly. Nobody wants to go to In-N-Out Burger and get a cold hamburger and a hot milkshake or whatever. So when you create food products with excellence that honors God. Do you, do you feel that? I don't think I thought of it in that way, but I like it. Um, <laughs> I, I just feel that this is something God has protected, um, you know, through all those tragedies, through everything, the way he's helped hold it together and keep it going. I feel like it's, I feel like it's important to him. And, you know, there's a lot of things where we might pray for something sometimes and go, gosh, this must be so small on the scale of things for God. Like this is, this is silly. I'm even praying for this, you know? And so, you know, it is just burgers, fries and a drink, but, um, I do feel like it's, it's important to him. And I, I know that it is because it's tied to people and he loves people mm -hmm. and, I know ministry for everyone is about people. It's about loving people. And so um, I think that uh, he does care that um, we try to do what's best in that industry. We try to do what's best and, and serve the customers and serve them what's best. And um, yeah, there are some different stories I can think of in the Bible where you're, you know, you're looking at that and that, and I do believe that, uh, you know, for me, my focus is both what we're doing, you know, the, the operation and the people, you know, everything behind the scenes. And then, of course, my calling mixed into all of that. That's but, right. But yeah. <laughs> uh, I worked for ServiceMaster, which is a $9 billion company for about 20 years. And we had four values, honor God, help people, pursue excellence, grow profitably. And our president, Bill Pollard, who's still very much alive today, used to say, "If and, and I, I want to apply this to in and out he would say, if we don't have excellence in what we do in hospital management and we don't make a profit, we don't have a company to honor God and help people. We are called BK, bankrupt. And so <laughs> we, we need to pursue excellence and deliver value, I would say, with hamburgers, fries, and drinks. 
and we need to be profitable or we don't have a company to honor God. Right. And so that's, and imagine if God said, I'm going to make Monday through Friday to be a complete waste of time. So people can make money and give it to a missions organization. I don't think God said that Monday through Friday is a waste of time. So that's, and that's why the Bible says do all to the glory of God. So when you make great burgers and fries and drinks, you honor God. Hmm. Well, Sean, I want to talk a little bit about army of love and slave to nothing. Uh, Talk about that because we've talked about the fact that making great burgers and fries and drinks is really important, but some of the things that you do with the vehicle that God gave to the family is uh, you work with things like human trafficking and helping employees. So I'd love to talk about that. Yeah, great. Uh, So uh, within uh, in and out, we have an organization called slave to nothing that Lindsay and I started. And we, um, we just had it heavily on our heart at one point and recognizing the platform that, that we had to not only influence and encourage our associates and care for them, but, um, outward from our company to, um, society and just our, our local communities. And hopefully even one day, even further than that, um, we recognize just the, the lack of the fight for, um, people that were being trafficked and, um, just how taboo it was to, to even talk about it at the time. Um, nobody was talking about it. Um, people were very unaware that it was happening in their backyard. Um, in addition to that, the, just the overlap with the substance abuse and how personal, um, that's affected both Lindsay, um, with her father and, um, myself and my brother and just so many of our friends growing up. I mean, we've seen so many people. Um, I had a, another brother that was on heroin, homeless. And so it's been prevalent. Um, so we, we really recognize the need uh, for us to take the stand and to create an organization that could help combat both of those at the same time. Uh, we saw the overlap again with uh, our other organization, the um, in and out Burger Foundation, which helps with children in the foster care pro- programs. And just we, we saw, you know, a lot, the, the issue of a lot of the children uh, that were falling through the, the cracks, so to speak, um, from child care into trafficking and into substance abuse. And so we really felt like this was kind of the full circle uh, completion to help combat everything from childhood going into adolescence and adulthood and um, really just felt that it was um, the the right time to do it. We started the organization and um, we've been growing every year. The Internet Burger Foundation that he mentioned was started in the 80s by um, my uncle, my grandmother and my mom actually helped out quite a bit with that. Um, So we've been doing that for a long, long time. Um, My grandmother love children so much and was such, um, uh, she was just very active in the community to give to different clubs and, um, different organizations. So, um, and that's the third part of our mission purpose statement is assisting all of our communities to become stronger, safer, better places to, to live. And so, um, we feel that, you know, the verse for me that comes to mind is, you know, I'm paraphrasing, but if you've, if you've been given you know, that much, then you, you, (laughs) you better be faithful with it and you better, you know, give back. And so 
I feel that, um, you know, that was already in the mission purpose statement, not with a Christian mindset that was, that was put there. And so, you know, for us, we believe that, man, every community we're in, everywhere where we have a store, we better be making a difference and impacting them. So we have, there's the Internet Burger Foundation Fighting Child Abuse and then Slave to Nothing, which was started in 2016. Um, you want to share something? Um, no, I'm just kind of the focuses for Slave to Nothing are to create and educate and assist in solutions to eliminate human trafficking, mm-hmm. um, assist individuals and their families to gain freedom and healing from sub- substance abuse. Mm-hmm. Um, we have an extremely uh, um, just like a, we have a really, really good team um, that are going out vetting these these programs uh, with their financial records. And they're going personally on site to um, some of the locations to inspect some of the, the facilities that, that we support. And they just do um, a really good job uh, making sure that every dollar that we raise for the organization is going and is um very well spent in uh, combating these things. So, um, yeah, in uh, 2021, it's like nothing granted a total of 96 awards totaling uh, $1.7 million. Um, and so we've been growing and growing and, and raising a lot of money to fight uh, both of these uh, issues here, substance abuse and human trafficking. Um, and we hope to you know, grow further outside of our, our local communities and really uh, tackle this issue nationally and hopefully internationally. That's great. That's great. Thanks for doing that. That's important. Lindsay and Sean, you founded an organization called Army of Love. Tell us what that's all about. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, Army of Love is our, our ministry. Um, it's basically... Uh, it's kind of two parts. Uh, one part is that you can come to this website and you can find that there's a whole discipleship, um, platform where, you know, you can enlist, you know, because it's the army, you can enlist and, um, there's seven modules and they're very lengthy. So this is, this is not something light. I mean, you're going to get into, um, a lot and it's, it's, really, really great. Um, there's questions at the end. So you would be uh, provided a mentor and someone that kind of is keeping track of, uh, your progress and working with you. Um, but it's to train, I guess, have unite, equip, set free and deploy. So, um, you know, that part of it is to really create a bunch of, um, soldiers, uh, in the Lord that can, be equipped for the work of ministry so that you can um, then do the other part. So the other part of the, the site is that people can come for help. Now, if they're going through, um, you know, maybe marriage issues, depression, uh, you know, you name it, whatever the issue is, is that we could have a soldier um, work with them and be there for them. And we're in the process of getting the chat um, instant chat on there too. So someone can just get help immediately, but, um, yeah, so it's really something God put on my heart and, uh, it was a time of my life where, um, I just wanted, I 
I'm like, with all these failures, all these things going on, I've gone through divorce. I'm like, I just want to be used by you. My life is a waste if I, if I'm not used by you. And so, um, I filed, uh, for the 501c3 for the name and the status and everything. And ironically, um, it didn't go through. It took a really long time and it went through a week after we got married. So um, both wanted to, to do, we're, we're just, um, and you know, when I got the name for it, when the Lord gave me the name, um, and I hadn't met him. And then when we met, you know, he, I found out he was in the army and I was like, Oh, that's interesting. So, so the whole military theme meant a lot to both of us and just applying that to the kingdom here. And, um, so, cause it is a battle for sure. Um, but yeah, there's, there's a lot, um, you know, just reading our mission that's bring together followers of Christ for training and empowerment in order to help them discover their God-given identity and fulfill their purposes by utilizing their gifts to serve others deploy this army of love to minister directly to and provide resources and referrals for people in need. And then the vision is to unite and equip the body of Christ to minister and bring healing to brokenhearted and hurting people through Christ's love by the power of the Holy spirit. So. Mm. Wow. What a great outworking of uh, an organization to use the prophets to create something like that. Sean, were you going to say something? Hey, we're here for uh, individuals that uh, visit our site that need help, but we're also here for uh, churches as well. So we'd love to support or different organizations and uh, rehabilitation programs uh, just with their discipleship, if they're a Christian organization, and if they're not, we'd still like to help them. Um, so I just wanted to put that out there that we're available for um, uh, companies. We can go to, we'll, we'll do any, <laughs> we'll help anyone. Yeah. And if somebody wanted to find out more, where would they go? Uh, armyoflove.com, uh, or they can email info at armyoflove.com. But, uh, this is completely separate from, from the business and everything. This is just, this is our, our thing, our ministry. And, um, you know, we have some amazing, amazing, uh, brothers and sisters in the Lord that work with us. And, um, so we would love to have anyone that's listening, you know, check it out. If anyone wants to enlist or share with, you know, anyone else, it's, it's fantastic. Yeah. We'd love, love to have more. We, we call ourselves a church with, without walls. <laughs> and so we'd kind of talked about the twin important legs of the stool, really, which is using the profits of a, of a firm to do something for the community and the world. And also at the same time, as we talked about, it's important to make great hamburgers and fries and drinks so that you actually have profit to do something with. But we've got a few minutes left, but I, I would be remiss if I didn't answer the question that everybody's asking. Maybe they want me to say, talk about why there's Bible verses on the cups. So <laughs> what is the, the, the reason, the rationale that when you have a drink cup from, from in and out or a fry boat that there's a verse on the bottom or the side. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Well, my uncle Richie actually started it. Um, it was only, I want to say a couple of years before he died. Um, he, he accepted the Lord just a couple of years before he uh, died. And so my, my grandmother was raised 
in the church. Um, Harry, my grandfather was, um, not, and, uh, he actually accepted the Lord on his deathbed. So, um, I, I'm happy to say, I believe that they were all saved, uh, before they died. Um, but yeah, Harry was not a believer and lived a very tough life himself and was abused severely and then in turn abused my dad and my uncle, which is why the Internet Burger Foundation was created. My uncle finally faced that. And um, so when my uncle uh, got saved, uh, I think it was just on his heart to say, hey, this is, this is, we're a family business and this is a piece of, of who we are. This is something we can do because we are a family business and I want to put these verses here. So, um, he put them on the drink cup and, uh, the burger wrappers. And then later, um, you know, when we had to maybe fix the color on something or change the little in and out logo, do, do something here or there. I was like, well, let's, let's put a, let's put a verse in the fry boat. And, and so everything that's come in since then, you know, the, uh, coffee cup we had we changed the coffee cup and we got new coffee and um you know then the kids hot cocoa which hot cocoa wasn't a new menu item a lot of people thought it was but we actually had i saw it on a picture from like the i want to say the 60s or it was a super old photo sorry and (laughs) it was an older photo and i'm looking at the menu and i'm like hot chocolate hot chocolate. Like, when did we have hot chocolate? And, uh, so I'm like, well, that wouldn't be a new item. We should bring hot chocolate back. So that came back. So we put scripture on that, uh, as well. And we try to hide them on other little things. Like, uh, we have the inflatable fry boat wrap for the pool. So we even have one on the bottom of there, but, um, you know, I couldn't tell you the exact reason why, uh, my uncle picked the verses he did. I mean, John three sixteen is pretty could understand probably why, but, uh, you know, the, I actually have them here. I, people ask me this and I never have them all in front of me. So I'm glad I actually have them today. Cause I forget how many things we put them on as well. Um, but the Proverbs 24, 16, uh, on the French fry boat that was put there, um, at a very significant time in my life, uh, after I had really, you know, picked, well, God picked me back up, um, just from the sin that I had allowed in my life as a Christian. And, um, so that verse is for a righteous man may fall seven times and rise again, but the wicked shall fall by calamity. And so that was a verse I wanted to encourage people with, because I feel like I'm probably not the only Christian that feels like they let God down should just fold up shop and quit. Cause how can he love me? You know? So, um, yeah. yeah, but there's, there's others. And I think, uh, I always tell people to go check them out. It's like a little scavenger hunt. So that's good. That's good. Well, so many business owners don't do anything. And if they're a public company, they're afraid to do something. And there's much we can do. And you're using the vehicle of in and out to, make a difference for the kingdom of God. The foundation is doing great work with 
you know, people who are involved in things that they don't want to be involved in or are uh, enslaved in. And so I'm very grateful for what you're doing. I'm sure many people around the world are grateful for what you're doing. And thank you very much for taking time. Uh, let me ask you one last question before we go. Speak to the business leaders out there who are struggling through this time of COVID-19 and their revenue may be up and they're going crazy. Their revenue may be down and they're in the they're just not feeling great about it. What kind of encouragement would you say to them from your platform of business owners? Yeah, I would just say that, um, you know, don't grow weary while doing what's right. You know, don't don't give up on the good fight. Don't compromise. Don't stop trusting God. Maybe you need to trust God more. Um, you know, and, and really there's, there's so many things going on in this world. And I think it's a time where we don't compromise our values either. And I think that we should stand up, uh, for what we believe and what's right. And that might, um, you might face a lot of persecution in doing that, but I think that it's worth it because I think that God backs people up when they do that. And, uh, I just, I just know that we have to take time, whether it be marriage, uh, with your children, um, time alone with God, uh, getting away, you know, it's just so important because the busy and the, uh, responsibilities can, can just be a burden and can drain you at times if you don't make sure you're keeping up those other areas, because those areas are very important to the Lord. I mean, it's all about the relationships. So, um, at the end of the day, making sure you take a, you know, a check on the pulse of, um, whether it's your marriage, your family, um, or your relationship with the Lord and the time that you spend with him. So yeah, definitely. Great. a Lindsay and Sean at In-N-Out Burger, thanks for taking time to be with us at Convene. We're grateful for your speaking in the lives of thousands of leaders who are listening, and uh, we will continue to keep you in our prayers as you grow the company. Yes, thank, thank you, you so much.